This podcast is proudly produced and presented by the Zoomer Podcast Network, home of great podcasts like Marilyn Lightstone Reads, Idea City on the Air, and The Garden Show. You're listening to an exclusive podcast of Fight Back on Zoomer Radio. Heard weekdays from noon to one. You're listening to an exclusive podcast of Fight Back on Zoomer Radio. Heard weekdays from noon to one. Now, Fight Back with Libby Snymer on Zoomer Radio. Good afternoon and welcome. The race for the PC leadership is heating up. Carolyn Mulrooney has entered the race alongside Christine Elliott and Doug Ford and Rod Phillips, who was expected to announce a candidacy of his own, is throwing his support behind the former Prime Minister's daughter. So we have a couple of big themes shaping up here. First of all, a lot of people say it is time to elect a woman, and there are now two to choose from. One, Christine Elliott, has political experience, also some baggage as she has lost two previous leadership bids. Caroline Mulrooney is a fresh face, though hardly an outsider, but this is her first foray into the political arena. And of course, Doug Ford is in it with his populist kind of appeal. We want to hear from you. Uh, the numbers to call 416 360 Toll-free, 1-866-744-740. And right now, I'm here with John Capobianco, excuse me, a veteran conservative strategist and a supporter and advisor to Christine Elliott's campaign, and Mike Van Solen from Navigator, who is also working on the campaign, but not supporting anyone yet, correct? Uh, that's right. Uh, great to be here. Uh, not supporting anyone yet. Uh, really just helping out the, the party in general, broadly uh, move on with uh, this important task at hand. Okay. And John, uh, you're working with Christine. I am happy to. I've, uh, I actually co-chaired her campaign for leadership last time around two years ago and uh, uh, and have been a big fan of Christine and, and her family and, and uh, just uh, excited about her being in the race. And I think it's it's certainly time for uh, for her to do this. Uh Okay, guys, so what about uh, the analysis that really this time the PCs should elect a woman? Does that hold water? Well, I can certainly understand with everything that's going on and sort of the cultural currents that we're witnessing around us, the zeitgeist, as it were, and, and the very important issues that we're discussing as a country, that I can only imagine that all Ontario PC members would take a lot of time to look at any woman, uh, look at all the candidates, but in particular look at any woman who comes forward uh, to seek the leadership of this party. I think... Um, it only makes sense. At, at the end of the day, I imagine PC members are going to pick the person that they ultimately think is, is most capable and has the best chance of winning in uh, in June against Kathleen Wynne. But uh, I, like uh, all other members, I expect would really look at every uh, woman candidate in particular a little bit more seriously this time around. John? I think it's right. I, you know, I supported Christine two years ago, so I thought having a woman candidate and a woman premier back then uh, for the Conservative Party would have been the right thing to do and um, Patrick won and we all supported Patrick and, and now with uh, some of the challenges that he's facing and the party's facing I think uh, to Mike's point I think a lot of folks are looking at you know a potential of having a woman candidate which is why having both Christine and, and Carolyn in the race is phenomenal um, but ultimately our, par- our party will pick somebody who they think is best fit uh, for the party best fit to beat uh, you know the, the, the Kathleen Wynne and the Liberals uh, and that'll come 
come down to a very short uh, race that we have that is the shortest I've ever been. I've been involved in this politics for a long, long time, and I don't think I've ever seen a two, two-month uh, leadership campaign uh, as we're seeing it. So everything is being condensed uh, into that time frame. Uh, you know, one of the themes that's shaping up is this intergenerational theme. Some people say uh, you need a fresh face. That's Caroline Mulrooney. She's from a different generation. And she has that very famous last name, though she has no political experience. Uh, Christine Elliott is a little bit older. She's a Zoomer, and uh, she's got political experience, and she has a couple of leadership bids behind her. So which is it? Is is age or generation really a factor here? Well, I, th- I think we're going to see it. The great thing for Ontario PC members is they don't have to decide today. They they have a, a month. It's a short race, but they have some time to kind of look at the candidates. Uh, Caroline Mulrooney, in particular, is someone they haven't had a chance to uh, hear from. Uh, she's just really starting to, you know, she just launched her, her leadership bid. And, and previous to this leadership bid, while she was a nominated candidate uh, for for the party, she had really focused on sort of local media and, and, and keeping things, things uh, staying out of the, the broader limelight. But now she's going to be right in. Into it, and party members are going to get to see how she performs. They're also going to see Christine. Uh, of course, we've they've had a chance before. Uh, last time around, you know, many people really felt that she should have won and wanted to see her win. So I know that they're excited to see her in the race as well. Um, and the question, of course, will be is, is uh, who, who's the voting – who makes up the conservatives who will vote for this? Um, there is only a short window of time to sell new membership. So, um, you know, my, my view is probably the people who are members today are, are, are the majority of who will ultimately decide. So uh, what those folks want and, and uh, whether they want someone fresh or someone with experience will really be their choice. Offhand, do you know the demographic breakdown of party members? Are most of them older? That's what I would guess. Well, you know, it's it's hard to tell, I think, from the perspective of demographics. I think uh, just because we went through a pretty exhaustive and a long leadership that saw Patrick Brown win uh, a couple of years ago. And um, um, I would imagine that we've got, you know, there's a lot of young folks, um, you know, there's a split between men and women uh, and various cultural groups have all been very active over the last little while. So it's kind of hard to tell what, what, what the age demographics are. But I know and just in, in passing um, that, uh, you know, the older generation – uh, are always very active, very involved. Uh, I remember in every campaign that I've had, um, they uh, they're uh, very intent on understanding, you know, what the issues are and who the candidates are, and 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 are the ones that go out and vote not only for leadership campaigns but certainly in election campaigns. Uh- at vote generally uh, sort of a, at a ratio of two-thirds uh, compared to much smaller voting ratio in general elections. Yeah, 100%. And we've seen that, and we know that, and a lot of the political uh, strategists uh, understand that as well. And, and, and sort of having that level of involvement is, is important and critical to any dem- you know, democracy, but certainly for, for the conservatives, it'd be a big, uh, a big advantage for them. And I, I'm assuming that uh, the Christine Elliott campaign will emphasize experience over freshness. Well, I think we've seen that already. We've seen that that Christine uh, got into the race based on the fact that she's, you know, experienced. I've been saying in the media that a steady hand at the tiller is what's, it's what's needed in the party, just given what's been happening over the course of the last couple of weeks. Um, but not to take anything away from Carolyn Mulrooney, who, you know, is, uh, you know, really a fresh face and, and somebody who I think there's a lot of excitement regarding the fact that she's new and fresh. But it's the untested um, issue that I think is, uh, is important that, uh, that people are going to have to determine whether or not they're prepared to make that 
choice based on somebody who can literally win the leadership on the 10th of, of March and then get into the legislature and start, you know, debating and, and, and dealing with it because an election is only three months, you know, four months away. I have another question for you, John, because you were involved in her last campaign. So what have you learned from uh, the fact that you lost last time in terms of how to run the campaign? Well, I think just, you know, uh, just being a bit more aggressive uh, from the perspective of having Christine out there more. Uh, last time was a very long campaign, and there was a lot of people that were in the race originally, and then sort of it narrowed down to uh, to a couple, uh, I think three by the end of it. Um, I think this time around, Christine is far more um, um, eager to... To, to do it, I think she sees that this is her time. Um, you know, she's been uh, a patient ombudsman for uh, for uh, about a year and, and doing a great job in that. But doing she sees, a great job, and she, see, she sees this as an opportunity. So I think that's why she's excited by it, and I think that she is uh, very proactively making calls. Um, and Mike, what would you tell Christine to do? <laughs> Look, I, I think she uh, she has to do a lot of what she's done in the past. Uh, she she had a tough uh, leadership contest last time around against Patrick, who uh, who um, you know uh, was very successful in organizing uh, organizing for that campaign and and driving up membership and getting getting out the vote. I I think I don't know that the message has to change a lot. I think she just has to present herself again to Ontario PC voters. She is someone who she's the only one in this race with experience at Queens Park, and and she should rely on that. She uh, understands how how politics uh, works in this province. I think she has a vision for what type of government she would like to deliver. And I think if she can just get out and tell that story herself, uh, she'll do really well. And and I'm I'm sure Ontario PC voters will spend a lot of time uh, looking at looking at her and, and seriously considering her as the leader. And speaking of telling the story herself, uh, we have Christine Elliott on line six. Christine, thanks for joining us. Oh, it's a pleasure. How are you? Fine. Uh, so, Christine, what made you jump into the race now? Because I've been watching what's been happening to Ontario for the last few years, and uh, as a mother of three sons that are just starting off in, in their careers, I wanted to work to create a place where everyone can be successful, regardless of abilities, and I want to be the one with that experience to um, to make it all happen. And uh, are are you going to be emphasizing your experience versus Caroline Mulrooney, who is uh, much fresher? Absolutely. I think that with the very short time frame we have between the selection of the leader and the election campaign, we need somebody who does have that experience, which I had nine years as an MPP, and you learn a lot during that period, and I think that experience is vital to both winning the leadership but also to becoming the uh, the premier of the province. And uh, do you think that this is the right time that your party needs a woman at the helm? I, I think it helps, yes, um, because the other two leaders are women and I think given the concerns that have been expressed about our party in the last few weeks, I think it's really important to demonstrate to Ontarians that we get it, and that I think it's time for a, a woman leader of the PC party in any event, and I would be honoured to be chosen as that person. Uh, I'd like to get to uh, a bit of the nitty-gritty of the policy. Uh, so sure. Doug Ford uh, has said that, that he would not impose the carbon tax, uh, yeah. and I'm a little unclear about where you are on that. My feeling uh, is that I'm, I am not in favour of a carbon tax personally. 
But I think it's important to put the issue to our membership because that was one area where the membership did not have input. And I know that many members of the party don't support a carbon tax either. And I want to hear from them about what, whether they want it or not, and if not, what they would like to see it replaced with. But in the platform, in the uh, People's Guarantee, uh, the, the promises that are in there are uh, being paid for by the carbon tax. So uh, do you propose to sort of recost your platform before leadership, or how is that going to happen? No, I'm firmly in favor of the, all of the other provisions of the People's Guarantee. I, people need tax relief. We know that they're finding it increasingly difficult to provide for their families or continue their businesses. That is absolutely vital. We need the investments in mental health, for example, too. So there are things that we can do. One is the uh, value for money audit, taking a look at every aspect of the budget and looking at where money can be um, saved or retrieved. Uh, But we also need to look at other revenue sources. And so that's what I'd want to discuss with the membership as to what other choice they would select. Mm -hmm. Okay, well, you have to figure out how to pay for those things. Um, You're coming off your time as the patient ombudsman. Do you have any ideas based on your inside experience about how to improve our health care system? I know that's a really broad question. Well, yes. I mean, I've been very fortunate to have spent those two years as patient ombudsman, and I think there are some good things that are happening as we move towards a patient-centered system of health care. We're not there yet, so I think there are um, actions large and small that need to be taken, but we certainly are aware of the need for more mental health programs and services. So while more and more people are being diagnosed, which is great, what we need are the treatment mechanisms and placements for them. So there are many people that are waiting for up to a year to receive mental health treatment. That's not acceptable to me. We also have issues in long-term care with people not being able to find long-term care placements, and as a result, they end up staying in hospital for periods far longer than they would want um, or the hospital would want. So that's how we end up with people staying in hallways when they come to the hospital because there's no rooms to go to. So I think if we can deal with the issues in long-term care, that would certainly help with a lot of the issues in hospitals too to allow for patients to get into the rooms and to get the care they need. Those are just a couple of examples, but there are many more. Yeah, I I don't want to get it too much into the weeds on health care, but one of the things the current government is doing uh, with home care, they've added uh, uh, 70 sublins, a whole level of uh, bureaucracy. Do you think that's the right way to solve our problems? I'm I'm sorry, could you repeat the question? Uh, The question is about the reorganization of health care with uh, another 70 sub-lins added to the administration. And my my question is, do you think that's the right way to go about solving the problems? I I think that remains to be seen. Generally, I would rather see less bureaucracy than more. I think the idea is to get more information about specific areas so that planning can be more precise. Um, but I think at this point, uh, we have to wait and see. Okay, uh, uh, one more question, just in terms of the campaign. Uh, you've, you've gone for the leadership twice. Uh, yeah. What have you learned from the last campaign that you lost? 
Well, I've learned in, in ter- substantively. I've learned a lot, uh, particularly in healthcare. But in terms of running a leadership campaign, uh, it's really important to have people on the ground, especially with such a short time to sign up new members. So we're actively working on that right now. And then, of course, it is reaching out to the existing membership to um, uh, ask them for their support as well. So there's a lot of things that have to happen at once, and I've got a, a very vigorous team working with me, and we're working hard to do all of those things so that we can be successful. Okay. Um, I have uh, Jim in Hanover on the line. He has a question for you. Sure. Uh, Jim. Hi, Jim. You're on the air. Oh, thank you. Uh, good afternoon, Christine. Hi, Jim. Uh, you said that you're against the carbon tax, which yeah. so far I found and many friends all against it. The only ones that seem to be for it are the government people. Yeah. And then you made a statement saying you want to replace it with another tax. No, I'm not saying another tax. Another well, you said, that's what I wrote down, you replace well, it with another tax. I meant another source of revenue because we need to be the able tax. to pay for well, I'm sorry, then if I said that, I misspoke, but I did not mean No, I think tax. you said source of revenue, actually, yeah. but I think Jim, Jim, when Jim hears source of revenue, he, uh, he thinks of a tax. Is that right, Jim? Correct. Okay. I want fewer taxes, not more taxes. <laughs> we don't want to need more taxes. We can't afford it. I, I, I agree with you. I no, know, and I you also that. said you had a vision. Yeah. We had a vision, too. Look where <laughs> we got with that. She didn't listen to anybody. It was just her vision. Uh, is your vision the same thing? Yours in no way? Well, I have a vision where people are able to uh, support their families and run their businesses and be successful and to make sure that everybody has an opportunity to participate. So there are many people who are left out of our economy right now, people with disabilities and so on, who have very valuable um, con- contributions to make. So I want to make sure that everybody has a chance to be successful and prosperous. And that's the kind of Ontario that I see. And so there's a lot of work that we need to do to set those conditions so that people can be successful. Well, as long as people have money in their pocket, can pay the rent, and pay the bills, most of us will be pretty happy with that. Okay, Absolutely. Jim. Thank, Thank you, Jim. Thank you for your call, Jim. Uh, Christine, um, is there anything you'd like to leave us with for today? Sure. Well, I, there's a short period of time to uh, purchase a membership should people wish to be involved in the PC vote. I would be very grateful for your support and I uh, would like to be able to bring the ideas forward that I've worked on for many years in public service. I have the experience and I believe that I'm the only one of the candidates that can beat Kathleen Wynne and the Liberals and that's the ultimate goal for us. Okay. Christine Elliott, uh, thanks so much for joining us, and I hope that uh, you will come back over the course of the campaign. Wonderful. Of course I will. Thank you very much, Libby. Okay. Bye-bye. Bye. All righty. Great to hear from her. She's obviously campaigned before. She's uh, she certainly has, and I think uh, you know every candidate uh, learns from mistakes and takes the the good stuff from previous campaigns and tries to emulate those and copy those and takes the mistakes and learns from them. And I think Christine, as you heard from on her on the radio, um, a ground game is an important uh, thing, and I think that what what they're working on, the campaign team is working on, is ensuring that in this short time frame frame that we have as a, in a leadership contest that as many new members. 
members as possible get signed up. But but uh, you know obviously there's a, a huge amount of, of existing membership out there that need to be uh, you know talked to and renewed. So it's an important uh, an important part. Uh, what about you know um, did Patrick Brown win because of newer campaign style, more emphasis on social media, going out into ethnic communities? You think, Mike? Uh, so, so part of that, I mean, we do, we do. He did do very well with ethnic communities. I think he did a, a great job of selling a lot of memberships. What Patrick brought to it was hard work. Uh, you know, he he worked tirelessly uh, at events and, and and certainly broadened sort of the traditional base of of who a PC member was to reach in those ethnic communities, building on a lot of what Jason Kenney had done federally uh, previous to that. So, uh, and I hope that continues with the party. I hope all the members, uh, all the all the candidates, find times. Uh, to, to reach out to those communities again uh, and make sure they organize and keep them involved. I think it's important to the future of this party uh, f- for them to build on build on that success that he did definitely have. Uh, here's a question I forgot to ask Christine. She now needs to find a writing. She does, yeah. and I think that um, you know that's sort of something that's obviously going to be very important for her and her campaign team. I think right now what they're focusing on is simply to win, and I think once uh, once uh, if she uh, does win successfully as a leadership as a leader of the of the party, I think those discussions will happen. And uh, you know, there's still a lot of writing still yet to be uh, yet to be um, uh, filled. Is she living in uh, the center of Toronto now. She's living in Toronto now. Yeah. 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 But she also has roots in Whitby, and uh, you know, yeah. and and so there's uh, there's opportunities. I think even for for an election, uh, we've seen it in a number of elections, but previous, you know, where somebody Brian Mulroney, you know, had a had a, a, a writing that he used just temporarily for an election, and then sort of, you know, found his own writing afterwards. So there's a lot of opportunities for that. Oh, and speaking of that, on the uh, Caroline Mulroney fund, mm-hmm. she's lived in the states for most of her adult mm-hmm. life, and she's. I guess you could say, parachuted into York Simcoe. Is that going to be an impediment, you think, for running? No, I, I don't think it is. It, the party members are going to look at her and, and see what she has to offer. What's her vision for the province? What's her vision for governing? The uh, the, the members of uh, the, uh, of York Simcoe uh, will uh, will consider her uh, consider her and, and and she has a legitimate claim uh, while she's been away. I think she's going to do really well. But I don't think PC members are going to be upset about you know whether where's Christine's riding or or Caroline if she's just, has been out having a successful career for many 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 years. Uh, I think they're going to look on the face of it. What do they have to offer for what's their vision for the PC party? What's their vision for Ontarians and and how government should operate? Okay. We still have not discussed, we have a few minutes left, the Doug Ford factor, John. Uh, He, you can't argue the man has a very broad appeal. Oh, he does. And I've known uh, the Fords uh, for a long time. Of course, I'm a West End boy, uh, uh, born and raised in Etobicoke and, and uh, been politically active in Etobicoke and ran for, uh, for uh, public office in Etobicoke. So I've known uh, Father Ford, um, uh, Doug Sr. and, uh, and Rob and, and, and Doug over the course of the last few years. And look, Rob tapped into something quite uh, profound when he was uh, running for council and, and sort of this Ford nation sort of evolved under his leadership and under his um, opportunity to be able to say, Hey, look! This is who I am. False and all. Uh, this is what I stand for. And and um, you know his retail politics is second to none. Uh, his ability to be able to go and knock on a door and help somebody fix a pothole or get their snow removed from their sidewalk. All of that uh, really created what this is for nation. And I think Doug has tapped into a bit of that. Whether or not all of it gets translated into Doug, but he is a formidable candidate that no one should underestimate. He's got a huge uh, message against the elites. Uh, and uh, you know and will tap into a certain level 
within the party or even new members who he's going to try to attract to the party. So, you know, a strong candidate for sure. Well, and he he's also said that having such a short window to sign up members like is directed at him to give him a problem look when you're a po- when you're a populist there's always an elitist trying to screw things up for you so uh, <laughs> I, I i expect this will be the type of thing we'll hear from doug throughout and and i'm really happy he's in the race because he's so fun he he does really make us think about what what are we advocating for as a party is it really about uh the everyday you know hard-working ontarian so i appreciate that sort of fresh perspective but of course the membership cutoff date was purely driven by the short time frame that we have we had to uh we need this leadership race to to go smoothly and we need a we need a candidate by march 10th who can take on the liberal government uh, in the election ahead mm-hmm. is that is that that's going to be your ballot question presumably I, if it, it's either 1A or 1B. Uh, we'll, we'll see how this campaign evolves. But uh, absolutely, uh, being able to win the next election is what all Ontario PC members want. And uh, it's interesting because uh, Doug uh, and uh, Christine Elliott are friends. He's, he's sounding very subdued uh, in the way he speaks about the other candidates, I have to say. Well, this is a a contest among friends in in many respects. Uh, These are uh, Ontario PC members, and and, uh, so there there always is a bit of that. And I hope there's a civility to the discussion and uh, debates that we do have, uh, because we have to quickly regroup as soon as it's done behind whoever is chosen to be leader. So, uh, uh, you know, keeping it friendly uh, will be important. Okay, uh, I'm going to take one more quick call uh, before we wrap things up on this subject. Hi, Bill. Hi. You know, I, I don't know whether we should even be phrasing it from the perspective of do we need a woman? You know what? We need the best man for the job, and I mean, that's the best person there. But that being said, but Carolyn Mulroney, is she even elected to a seat? You know, I know she's got the brand name of her father, but I see how that's working out in Ottawa not so well right now. Uh, well, she's a nominated candidate in Simcoe. Yeah, and so she's going to go from what, just being nominated and moving into Simcoe to being leader of the party? I think that's... If she wins, she has to win first. I'm a card-carrying member, so I'm going to have a vote. Okay. Thanks. Thanks, Bill. Okay. Time is running out on this one. Uh, what would you like to leave us with, John? Well, just, you know, I think uh, if, if um, um, your audience, if there are party members or people who wish to uh, to join, uh, you know, there's time to do that. It's, it's going to be a short time frame, uh, just given the fact that March 10th is when we're going to pick our, our, the leader of the, of the party. And, um, you know, just get engaged. I think there's going to be some debates uh, over the course of the next little bit. And uh, uh, it'll be interesting to see, you know, if issues like Bill just mentioned with respect to residency or, or experience uh, that Christine's talking about, which issue is going to resonate with uh, with voters I think is going to be key Mike yeah I mean yeah John John is bang on and, and what I'll say if there's an impediment or, or an extra reason you need to go out and get a membership and get involved in the process it's that I really do believe that who ultimately is chosen as leader of the Ontario PC party is going to have a chance to become premier and really change the direction of this province after 15 years of you know a pretty uneven uh, government I would suggest Okay, thank you so much to you both, John Capobianco and Mike Van Solen. And now we are going to take a quick break. And when we come back, we're going to talk about the loyalty cards in your wallet, specifically PC Optimum that just switched over. Uh, We'll have that when we return. And before we go to break, the number is to call 416-360-0740, toll-free 1-866-740-4740.
You're listening to an exclusive podcast of Fight Back on Zoomer Radio. Heard weekdays from noon to one. You're listening to an exclusive podcast of Fight Back on Zoomer Radio. Heard weekdays from noon to one. You're listening to an exclusive podcast of Fight Back on Zoomer Radio. Heard weekdays from noon to one. This podcast is proudly produced and presented by the Zoomer Podcast Network, home of great podcasts like Marilyn Lightstone Reads, Idea City on the Air, and The Garden Show.